You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I am Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions talking all things Pac-12 football. Boom. We're going full on. Pac-12 football right now. Four weeks down. We're going to do our week five picks. We're going to recap all the exciting action from week four. Get to a bunch of voicemails or get a bunch of questions uh, from all of the listeners out there in POC land. We appreciate all that. We'll go over how our picks did, the survivor pool, if you're still in it, and all that. If you want to email us for questions for next week, you can do that. pac podcast at gmail.com. You can also call or text us at 424-532-0678. Tweet us at Pac-12 Podcast, the website, Pac-12Podcast.com, over on the Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash podcast with champions, and of course, the Apple Podcasting app, which we love, those five-star ratings. Follow us for sure on the POC Podcast of Champions, but leave us a five-star rating and any kind of review you want, trash us, say whatever you want about us. All of it's probably true, but we want those five stars. That's just what we ask you for. That's all we ask here on the POC day. Yeah, and you know what these sons of bitches out there haven't done in a while? Give us a review. That's right. Hmm. We should do that. I'm um, upset. You know what we should do, too? I was thinking yep. about this before. I don't know if you had the idea. Should we do like a Twitter spaces sometime? I will murder you. So this <laughs> this, this, this fucking guy, uh, last night, so everyone remembers a few weeks ago on the live show, I, I – I innocently, thoughtfully, um, with only the best interest in the show in mind, uh, suggested that we also add a Twitter space element to allow you, the listener, the, 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 the man or woman of the people, to chime in, communicate with us. And Ryan, um, I, I think it's fair to say you shat all over the idea. Um, absolutely just, it was, um, horrifying. I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed for you, embarrassed for myself. I felt humiliated. And then yesterday, Ryan just throws out on Twitter. I'm going to be on this Twitter spaces with uh CFB Reddit tomorrow. Okay. Bye. <laughs> it was an honor to go on there. Like that's big time, Dave. You know, like they, they were trying to get me to leave you. No, it was good. Um, so I, Twitter spaces, you have to use your phone. You can't use other equipment. Like you can't use your laptop or anything. So, so it's really, that would be it's really worthless. It's really bad. Um, the phone thing is, is a bad element of it. Um, you can't do anything from your computer, really. I think you could record it from your computer, but that's about it. 
So like it would have to be sort of like as a side thing, like we would, but we would have like multiple microphones. The fact that we do the show live and apologies again, um, I am not uh, in Los Angeles, so I cannot do the show from the studio. So we're both doing this remotely. Dave has to do his, um, you know, impressions of all the different uh, drops that we normally do that we can't do because I'm doing this remotely. Maybe I'll try to figure out a way to do that remotely, but um, yeah, so apologies for that. So we won't be able to play the voicemail we got today and we, Dave, you know, you just have to listen to Dave do the Buffalo sounds and stuff. Just, you know, he's good at it, but you know, we, we, we can't play the regular one. So the, the growl meow thing, you're going to have to talk to Dave because he's, he can choose which way he wants to go when Washington state. And I'm going to tell you, it's a lot easier to do the meow and there's a lot of reason for it this week. <laughs> That's true. There was some, some cooking uh, action going on before we uh, jump into everything. I did want to thank our sponsor, uh, my bookie, uh, another good week for us. Both Dave and I were four and two in our picks against the spread. So this is a much better year for us. More like the first few, first three or four years where we're picking uh, well above the uh, the 500 mark. So we're we're on a, a good good trajectory. And if you're going to get over to my bookie, you can be too. Uh, why don't you get paid for the winners you want to pick? They have the best single game spreads, money lines, parlays, multiple games together to increase your payments. There are low contest entry fees and over half a million dollars to be won. Uh, so get in there and have some fun. To get started, it's easy. Go over to mybookie.ag and use the promo code PAC12. That's our promo code. And your first deposit will be doubled. So it's a secure deposit and you'll get doubled up to $1,000 with the promo code PAC12. Get your first deposit matched dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. MyBookie is a proven sports book that makes it simple to bet. And win. So make this your winning season exclusively at my bookie. Is it your winning season, Ryan? I'm doing good. Yeah, my uh, my account is up. Um, have you done picking? Have, how have you done picking winners this year? I, I, yeah, the the winners against the spread have been amazing. Um, yeah, but like I'm really, just really good picking winning teams. You know, like in a in a survival pool. <laughs> that is not. Yeah, you picked the the, the Bruins of oh, wait, UCLA. Gosh, I'm so rude. You you were already out. You were already yes. out two weeks ago because you yeah. picked ASU. Yeah, the good thing is that I have a better record against you picking against the spread, so that's perfect. Um, yeah, nine games above 500, so uh, maybe you'll get there someday. We'll, we'll see. But uh, <laughs> you, you did pick UCLA. Uh, I was eliminated week three because of the, the Herm firing. Um, I'm picking Arizona this week. Arizona. Okay, so we have. So I'll put you down as Arizona, and then in the, I'll give you guys an update on the survival pool. So we had for this week there were 92 people left, and 85 won. Most everyone followed your lead and took UCLA. Uh, the losers were Arizona pickers. So people picked Arizona, and that did not go well. Not to uh, spoil like what was happening and stuff, but. Um, yeah, so a bunch of people still alive. Um, you might all be on the, a similar trajectory, on a similar track. We'll see. But you've the ones you've been with, sort of like the majority picks. You know, your front runner, I guess you'd say, David, as you know, like not you know, chalk is what you're going with, which is cool. You know, just stay alive for a while. Um, so you have something. Yeah, to do. yeah, it's yeah. better than already being out, Ryan. <laughs> And I set the chalk. I'm the one who picks first among all of these other people. I announced sure. my pick. 
Gotcha. And then, uh, like, people know. I'm the um, straw that stirs this particular drink, Ryan. We get people asking. It's like, so the link is the same. So if you've already made a pick, it's the same link you used before. Any of the links on our Pac12podcast.com website, you could go to last week's show. They'll say, put your picks here. That link will work. So you can always get to that link. Make sure. I think we only had a couple people that didn't pick from week to week. So I hate to see people get eliminated by that. But you have to get your picks in before the games. There is a Friday game uh, this week. So get them in a little bit earlier. Uh, And uh, thanks again to Matthew for composing all of that stuff. Um, Well, we got to... we got to recap games. This, you know, when we do this, legit, you know, the logistics of what it is doing it, we go through the power rankings one by one, um, you know, from 12 to one all the way down. I sort of have to like look at um, the teams that we're playing when it's just, you know, say Colorado was playing Air Force. You're just like number 12 Colorado. And then you say, and they mm-hmm. played Air Force. Now I have to look at the, the two rankings because we have two different teams that are playing. So it's a little, you know, a little more complicated, David. I know you don't have to worry. I, about I, that. I love that you're priming me to not forget that. And I'm still going to forget that and probably start talking when you're trying to announce the other team. Right. That's basically I was trying to help you. I'm yeah. trying to help you, which would in turn help our listeners. But correct. Yeah, no, but it, it will not succeed. Yeah. Um, and, and with the Twitter spaces thing. Mm hmm. CFB Reddit did all the work. See, I just was a guest where if you were like, hey, you know, we should do this. Guess who's going to do all the work? Me. So, like, if you came That's and so, said it's it, look, everyone out there knows how false that is. Everyone <laughs> out there understands who actually runs this show. Um, they get it. And I, I don't understand still why you are just um, uh, fabricating this facade. You know, it's it's unbecoming, yeah. frankly. All right, well, let's jump into our, uh, I'll do this one, Pac-12 Roundup. <laughs> I don't know. There was, there <coughs> no, was it was no, pretty good. There was no hoops at the end, but whatever. Okay, we have our number 12 team. The Colorado Buffaloes. <laughs> and uh, they were hosting, man, home games. Those are just tough to win on the road here in this conference. The number nine team. UCLA Bruins. <laughs> That's pretty good, David. Nice job. You like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Colorado did what Colorado does, which is lay down and die. Uh, <laughs> UCLA um, put a beating on them. Uh, 45-17. I looked at the um, the Bill Connolly numbers after this game, and the expected margin based on the underlying stats was 46 points. UCLA only won by 28. But, um, it, you know, this should have been um, – a smearing of Colorado. Like there should have been uh, the entrails of Colorado just kind of littered over a, over like a, uh, like a nautical mile going back to our conversation from a few weeks ago. Like it should have been over like a a significant span of space. Um, Yeah. uh, So the one thing is uh, Colorado uh, started a new quarterback in this game, Owen McCown. Um, I want to say he looked better than Brendan Lewis and uh, J.T. Shrout, but you've got to throw in the mitigating circumstance that he was going against UCLA's secondary, which may be horrible. Uh, and I think he had about 80 of his yards, maybe 90 of them, on two just absolute moon balls that I would say 
conservatively 80% of the Pac-12 would have picked off. And I'm not just including defensive backs. I mean, like 80% of the players, like including linemen. Um, <laughs> like this punter would have a pretty good shot of picking it up. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. Okay. Taking advantage of a bad secondary, that's certainly more than Colorado has been capable of in previous weeks. So I, I'll certainly say McCown is better, but how much better is uh, still, I think, very much, very much in doubt. Um, UCLA's offense did literally anything it wanted to do. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, he had nine carries for 104 yards and three touchdowns. And two of those touchdowns were just, it was silly. It was like watching, it, honestly, Colorado looked like a high school team and not like a really good high school team. Uh, it looked like, okay, there's a couple of like players who might go D1 on this team. And then the rest of them are dudes who are going to like, I don't know, go to college and study accounting. Um, and, one of the Colorado safeties, like Charbonnet, I think, juked him out of his shoes twice um, on two different touchdown runs. Honestly, I thought the defense for Colorado just up and quit at various points throughout this game. And then when the offense would show like a little bit of a pulse, they would like try to get back into it. But they just I, I think that's a team that's given up, um, particularly on the defensive end. The defense for Colorado is much worse in this game than the offense. Um and still, you don't really know much about UCLA coming out of it. Um, just Colorado's horrible. One of the worst teams I've ever seen. They're so bad. Um, it's crazy. This is the first time in program history they started a season with four losses by at least 25 points. Um, that's bad. Uh, UCLA was favored by 21 and a half. We both got this one right. Um, this is, you know, these are, these picks shouldn't really count when you're picking against Colorado. No, it's like FCS picks. It's like just picking winners. Um, Colorado did have some passing success in the first half, which I think was a little concerning. They scored like an actual touchdown, like, you know, that those have been rare. They scored 10 full points in the first half. Like for real points, right? Like, yeah, no, they were not fake points. They were not like charity points. They were real points. Yeah, which was like, oh, that could be a little encouraging. And then I don't know if you were worried that UCLA might not cover this one, but that wasn't uh, that wasn't in doubt. It was the most points Colorado scored all season. So, um, you know, that's something to watch for for your Bruins, <laughs> David. Well, I don't uh, see why that's worrying, um, given how good Colorado's <laughs> offense is. And I don't like certainly not this week. UCLA doesn't have to play against a much better offense, right? Uh, no, no, they're, they'll be fine. I don't think yeah. Yeah, they, they're like transfer quarterback. They were really bad last year. Like I'm sure they're, they're yeah, no, I'm sure. Week. I'm sure there's nothing to be concerned about. And that head coach didn't, didn't come into the Rose bowl just last year and <laughs> beat the Bruins with much less talent. Right. Oh, for some other team or something. Yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that didn't happen. I mean, that would be right? concerning if that happened. I doubt yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, no, I'm not, make sense. Doesn't, I'm not worried about that. this in, in, in one iota. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Uh, our number 11 team, and this is you know one of the biggest battles down the stretch will be for the number 12 spot because I don't know, like Colorado, did you ever like as a kid, like super glue something to something, you know, like it was just stuck. Like, I don't know, like we've like dumped bottles of super glue Colorado's ass to the seat of that number 12 chair. But holy crap, can Arizona State like they're like prying away. They're like, what, what do you do for glue? Is that peanut butter? Like, I forget what it is. Like they are going to do whatever they can to like take that. It's like the last seat uh, when you're playing uh, musical chairs. I mean, this is a battle, but I just don't like it's, I, I don't think Colorado's like a sumo wrestler. You're not going to move them, you know, like they're just stuck. 
Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> That's our number 11 team. And our number three team. Utah Utes. Um, yeah, holy shit, ASU. So you think, oh, you know, they might get it together the first day, first week after Herm. You know, maybe that head coach will have them energized and, you know, they'll play with some good execution. Nope. No, 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 no. And if Utah had wanted to, like if they'd been really into this one, if they'd really wanted to get after it, they would have won this one by like five scores. Like they there was this was egregious. Tavion Thomas, I don't think he played in the first half for Utah. Like they were they were playing other guys um, because of probably some, I don't know, disciplinary stuff, whatever. Uh, if he'd played in the first half, who knows what might have happened. Um, uh, Utah completely shut down Valade. Uh, that running game for Arizona State did bubkus. 20 carries for six yards. Now that includes a bunch of sacks of Emory Jones, but holy shit. Uh, Emory Jones. Is this good? Is, is that the bad one or the good one? That's, that's bad. bad. Okay. That means zero. That means oh, nothing. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Ooh, um, yeah. Emory Jones, really bad. Uh, Cam Rising, really good. Uh, Utah's running game, devastating. Um, I, and I would say, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, Utah's defense is back. But since that Florida game, they've played a lot better defense. Um, and this one was really impressive given the quality of Arizona State's running game coming into this one. Um, 21 points. They won by 21 points. 34-13, covered with ease. Uh, with relative ease or, like, ease-ease? Ease-ease. Like, super, super ease. Okay, not, like, backdoor. No. Um, it was 31-6 to six after three quarters. Uh, thirty. Wait. So hold on. Thirty. That's okay. That's not bad. That's not. That's not a. That's not bad for Utah. That's bad for. Everybody. How the fuck did we pick ASU? That's what I needed to get into. Like, tell me why you did. <laughs> no, no. Because you know what we've done. We've done this two weeks in a row. Remember, like two weeks ago it was Eastern Michigan. So and but we were both sitting there and we're like talking talking about the game and we both understood there's no way they're covering it but we somehow still picked them to cover. 21 points against the team they lost to. And then in this one, we were like, I don't know, talking ourselves into an emotional argument, I think. How so, did this happen? So for me, like the where I came from was I saw what USC did first year, um, you know, and first game for the interim coach. They actually got their best win of the season. They went on the road and they beat Washington State when Dante Williams took over. And I kind of felt like um, – this was going to be a similar thing, like rally the troops like they, And I thought there was enough frontline talent for Arizona State to kind of keep in it. You know, there was depth issues for sure. Like it's more of a long haul. Things were going to deteriorate. I didn't know how fast they were. They deteriorated quickly, but I felt like they weren't talent wise way far off. And you get a you get a spark from your interim coach and and is. Kyle Whittingham really going to want to put a beat down on somebody. I think we've done this twice now. We're like, ah, Utah's not going to want to kill them, and they do. Um, They didn't, though. All that really happened was that Arizona State couldn't do anything. But Utah didn't – they could have scored 48 points, and they chose not to. Yeah. Um, Utah's – I mean, Utah's good, though. Like, this was not a – unfortunately for Arizona State, even though it was at home, um, that was another factor, too. Utah's only given up three TDs over the last three games. So after that Florida game, like they are not, they're being very stingy. Um, you know, the offense is looking better. Uh, I, you know, 
it's you know they're a top they're number three thirteen right now or they're yeah. they're top you know top fifteen team, um, but man, I I felt like we could get a little a little bump you know like you know just the interim coach thing like you get a little lift from ASU like a you the tide rises just briefly and then it goes back down again. Yeah, nope, no. it's no. like no big no sunk like holy crapola like this is just not. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, uh, so there, there, there's one. So there's one historically awful team in the Pac-12, and I think there are two really, really, really bad ones. This was one of them. Are you ready to get into the next one? Let's do our number ten team, Stanford Cardinal. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they had to go on the road to take on which is now our number two team. The number 18 Washington Huskies. <laughs> nice. Is that good? Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, so this one, I'm getting a little frustrated with Kalen DeBoer. Do you want to know why? Why? He keeps allowing teams that he is blowing out to score a bunch of junk time bullshit to make the game look more palatable than it was. So like this one, Stanford, Stanford was down at one point. Uh, did they get all the way to 40 to seven or was it only 30 to seven? Yeah, it was 30 to seven. And then he allowed them to score 15 points in the fourth quarter. So it finishes 40 to 22, 40 to 22 is a nice score. Certainly covers, but that's not the way this game was. Um, Washington sacked Tanner McKee eight times, (laughs) eight times. Um, just made his life a living hell. Um, I don't know if Stanford is running the slow mesh anymore, if it's just this is their offense, which is slow. But it doesn't it, seem like it, right? Like It's really bad to watch. I don't know if they're just confused, but Washington was just getting in the backfield and destroying his life. Um, I, there's still, like, enough, like, okay, they've got a decent quarterback and some receivers who can make plays, but... Stanford just looks poorly constructed and their defense is horrible uh, for like, I don't know, the 15th year in a row. Um, Michael Penix, Penix, my man Penix uh, was great. Um, He was he was he was throwing the ball over. But I mean, Stanford's defense made Wayne Talapapa look like a god. He had 13 (laughs) carries for 120 yards. And it wasn't like it was like one carry for like 90 yards. He was just popping off like, oh, I'm going to get like 12 yards here, 10 yards there, 34 yards here. Um, Just I mean, it was a massive, massive beatdown from Washington administered to Stanford. But Kalen DeBoer, come on, man. Keep the screws on him till the end. You got to win these things by I don't know. This is a game they should have won by four scores. They won by 18 points. Yeah, which is still good. They cover. There was a 13 point spread. We get this one. Um, Maybe our. uh... I mean, I don't know what our record would be if we're not including like Stanford, Arizona State, and Colorado. Well, I guess Arizona State we got wrong, but no. But um, that's the that's what sports betting is all about: is identifying a read that you have that nobody else has to start out with, and then just hammering it. Yeah, we've hammered the Stanford is butt read for a couple years now, and uh, it's it's paying uh, dividends. Um, yeah, Washington, they have scored. Um, Let's see, 39 points in every game, at least 39 points. Uh, 
from the end of 2015 to the start of 2016, uh, you know, that's when they've had eight sacks in a game. Um, what, I'm sorry. Oh, I wrote that down wrong. But, you know, they had eight sacks in this one, like you said. Um, and they had seven combined sacks going into the game. So three turnovers for Stanford. It's the 10th straight game for the <coughs> Cardinal that they've com- committed multiple turnovers, and that's the longest streak on record. So um, the offense is kind of blowy. Uh, they're turning the ball over. Um, the, you know how bad it is? How bad? Like, I asked RJ, like, are they still running the slow mesh? And he goes, I didn't watch the game, but I think so. So, it's, you know, <laughs> even RJ is like, eh. I, I mean, so our buddy RJ. Uh, yeah. RJ is not even watching Stanford football anymore. If you've lost RJ, you've lost the world. Yeah. You're done, um, David. And I feel like this is one of those things where they pulled that slow mesh out against USC and they actually looked pretty competent, you know, know, the turnovers aside. Um, But they looked like, wow, if they run this for the whole season, uh, they could probably do some damage. Um, Unfortunately, uh, EJ Smith, the, uh, the, you know, their best player, basically the running back, he's out for the season now. What was it? Was it ACL? I forget what the injury was, but some season ender. I don't know. Yeah. He's a season and season and season ending injury. So that's not a, that's not positive. Um, we got some planes going on. Perfect. Uh, no, the sound quality is amazing. It's good. I'm like, I'm in like a bedroom. that's pretty blank. So I have to put some pillows here to try to make it less, uh, less uh, echoey i did install are you how handy are you david not not so like tv install like putting a mounting a wall bracket oh god no god no okay i just did that this morning i had like i had like an hour mom i'm out here with my mom and my sister and and she's like you have your show in like an hour i'm like i can i can knock this out boom tv's on the wall watching it right now so Uh, i'm classic guys who you give me an ikea like shelf to build and those shelves are are 100 of the time going to be inserted the opposite way like the left <laughs> side will be pointed outwards nice yeah i've built so much stuff like beds and patio furniture it's like i never want to see an allen wrench again like all this stuff is getting crazy you got to use your engineering skills somehow right i i am like and i was never very handy growing up because my dad couldn't like screw in a light bulb so everything i've learned i've had to learn like youtube or whatever um but it's good i I like i like being able to do stuff by yourself you know but it does take you watch those shows and they're like oh we're gonna throw these curtains up or whatever it is it's like you do it yourself it's like hours and they like can knock it out in like 15 minutes or at least edited wise I'm like, this takes a long time. Like, all this stuff takes forever, you know? It's like, it takes a while to do this. Why would you put up curtain rods when nails and staples exist? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not even doing that. I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing that. But that's just one of the things. It just, like, takes... But even, like, putting, like, oh, this... You know, you think, like, a patio chair. This will be fine. And it takes, like, an hour to put the damn thing together. I'm like, why does a patio chair have, like, 30 bolts in it? Like, this is this seems like this is not really efficient, but whatever. All right. We love our little tangents. Um... Okay, next up, we have our number eight team. The Arizona Wildcats. They were on the road taking what, on. What is their sound? Is it just uh, like a row? I think it's a Got row. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then our numbers, they were on the road taking on our number six team. The California Golden Bears. Row. Um, 
Yeah, so this one was interesting because I didn't know Cal was capable of scoring 49 points in a season, and they scored 49 <laughs> points in a game. Um, Arizona's run defense. So I want to talk about that because it's horrible. It's one of the worst abominations in the league this year, and it's a league that includes everything involved with Colorado. Uh, Jaden Ott, California running back. You may never have heard of him. I'm not sure guy? I remember hearing about him before this game. Was he uh, what? I cover this. Was league. he a senior? Was he a returning starter or something? Or no, no, no. <laughs> He's a freshman. Oh, okay. um, he had 19 carries for. Are you sitting down? 274 yards. Whoa. That is an average on volume. That's volume carries, uh, 14 and a half yards per carry. Three touchdowns. Damn. Um, that alone, like, you, you give up 354 yards on the ground, you're not going to win um, many football games. Um, but then, meanwhile, Jack Plummer, who uh, I watched enough of this game to anoint him the new Jake Browning because – that fella has, I mean, it's a noodle arm, but he can do those moon balls that Jake Browning used to throw that have absolutely, like, no zip on them whatsoever. Um, yeah, he's, he's a poor man's Jake Plummer, or Jake uh, Jake Browning. Um, he had three touchdowns, 18 of 28, almost nine yards a throw. Um, you're doing that, and you're giving up 354 yards on the ground. You deserve to lose to, by 18 to Cal. You're doing that to Cal. You're letting Cal get almost 600 yards of offense against you. What are you doing, Arizona? Um, on their side, I mean, they 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 move the ball okay. Um, you know, they got stopped a couple of times. Um, it probably should have been a little bit closer. It should have been a little bit more of a shootout down the stretch. Um, Arizona just got behind because they had a few series stall out in a row, um, and Cal just never stopped. Um but man, just horrible run defense. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ott's a stud. He was the Pac-12 freshman of the year. I mean, of the week, and uh, he might be, he will be uh, freshman of the year probably. But Pac-12 freshman of the week, and then also the uh, Pac-12 offensive player of the week uh, for Cal. They had that that behind the back like Statue of Liberty, Boise State. Boise State kind of play the touchdown handoff. That was really cool. Uh, did you, I don't know if you saw that one. Um, and yeah, it was the first time that Cal scored 49 points in a conference game since 2018. So props. Uh, Cal was favored by three. This was one game we got different, and I felt really good about this. This made me three and zero in my picks, and then it you know kind of sputtered to the end. But uh, during the day, this was like the you know one of the middle games, and uh, yeah, Cal covered. You had Arizona. For me in general, like Cal's now three and one. Um, I, I'm not trying to go dunk on people that were telling me Cal is going to be awful. Like, you know, I just I don't think Cal's great, but I just thought they'd be pretty good. You know, like they'd be like a seven and five kind of team. And when we were saying that Stanford's going to be but there was like you know legit reasons why Stanford's going to be terrible. We why is Arizona State like we had reasons about the Herm thing and. You know, Colorado being awful. Like, I feel like we had really good reasons. And 
you know, Stanford, I got a little worried because I thought their offense looked pretty good uh, against USC, and that's just fallen off. I don't get where the Cal hate came from because they lost Arizona last year, which they would have won 99 times out of 100 if there wasn't the COVID stuff. Like, you kind of know what they are. And if you get the, you know, right now, the you know, defense is okay. And the offense, you you got this freshman stud running back. You get a transfer quarterback who's going to, you know, has done pretty good. I mean, I, I just didn't get why people were so down on Cal. I'm not saying they're like a eight and four, nine and three team, but the way they're playing, they could be. But like when people were like, oh, 40, three and nine, to like what? like it didn't make any sense to me. I don't know, I don't know where people were getting that from, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think we are both relatively high on Cal because I had them at eight and four. I've had their record, I had their record predicted exactly to this point, um, at three and one. Yeah, we've we've nailed it. Like we've picked the exact <clears throat> game. Yeah, so the, the 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 rubber hits the road here pretty soon. But yes, um, I mean, I. I think they're a borderline bowl team, like we kind of thought going into the season, but certainly not awful. I mean, there's a there's a clear awful tier to this league, um, and Cal's not in it. No, but people were putting them in there, and I didn't I didn't get it. Like, yeah, but whatever. Uh, Sturdy Golden Bears doing some uh, doing some work. Um, okay, let's go to uh, yeah, 49 points, man. Holy cow. Uh, but it's good. I, I feel like preseason, like where you have a feeling for where teams are going to go, like who is going to be bad. We knew the, th- the three teams that are 10, 11, 12, we said we're going to be bad. They're bad. There's like this middle area. Like I feel pretty good about it. Like we're, yeah, I, I think we're in the, the ballpark of of most everything going into the season, which I feel pretty good about. Yeah. Um, our number seven team. Washington State Cougars. Meow. They were hosting uh, our number five team. The Oregon Ducks. Quack, 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 quack. Um, okay, this was a bizarre game because, um, like, two things are true at once. One is Washington State should have won the game. And two, Washington State had no business even being in this game um, for a variety of reasons. Let's start with uh, Oregon's red zone Offense? Do we call it an offense in the first half? Um, no. <laughs> no. Uh, their red zone, whatever they were doing, was horrible in the first half and turned, okay, it's one, two, three, four. Four opportunities inside the Washington State 10 they turned that into a combined nine points. Yeah. Um, which allowed Washington State to have a 17-9 halftime lead. Now, in a normal circumstance, you would think that would probably result in, on average, like even conservatively, probably two touchdowns and two field goals. So should have been 2017 Oregon at half. Instead, it was 17-9 Washington State, and then Oregon, Oregon very much behind. Um, and... One of the 17 was a, I believe it was a pick six. Yes, it was a pick six for Washington State. So you not only turned a a driver you were driving in into no points for you, but you turned it into seven points for the other team. So just comedy of errors in the first half. But the big takeaway was Oregon had absolutely no trouble moving the ball. 
Washington State's defense that had come into the game looking like, oh, this, this defense is legit. Not legit against Oregon. Oregon was moving the ball just fine. The nine points at halftime was a huge, like, misnomer, red herring. Oregon was moving the ball, crushing it. Um, and in the second half, and particularly in the fourth quarter, they finally got right. Now, the thing is, Washington State had a 12-point lead with, let's see, I want to get the exact number. With 3.48 to go, they had a 12-point lead in the uh, fourth quarter. And Washington State was getting six and a half points. Correct. So the and, most important and thing. We, and we look, both picked Washington State. Before we even get into the final score. Yeah. They covered, and that's the most important thing. But here's how here's how it flipped. But because they was, had the 12-point lead. Yeah. They were getting six and a half points. So we're, we're feeling we're There's good. less than four minutes left in the game. And we're right. like, I'm like tuning that out because. I oh, sorry, I had it wrong. No, no, it was six minutes left in the game when they were up by 12. And then they okay. were up by five with 3.48 to go. Okay. Still, I'm so, feeling pretty good. Six minutes left. We got the six and a half point cushion with a lead. And we both picked Washington State. Just right. Chuck, mark that off as cover. Perfect. Exactly. Um, and then, uh, you know, Washington State gets the ball back. They don't do anything with it. Uh, Oregon gets the ball back and they go five plays, 69 yards in one minute and score another touchdown. They go up by three. So still you're like, OK, Washington State's going to coog this one, but at least we're safe. Right. And that's the most important thing. We're safe as people who have picked right. Washington State to cover. But then Cam Ward decides, you know what? I don't want these guys to cover. And he throws a uh, pick six on Washington State's next drive. So suddenly it's 44-34 Oregon with about a minute to go. We're still covering, right? No, we're not covering at that point. We're not covering anymore? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So then we're counting on the guy who just led them to a three and out for one yard and a pick six to drive down the field to cover for us when it doesn't matter anymore. Like when they're, when they no longer have any hope of winning. So naturally I'm sitting there like, Oh, this is, this is complete horseshit. But you know what hero cam Ward does? He doesn't stop. He doesn't slow down. Like the terminator. He goes after that end zone. And with one second to go, he scores the touchdown to cover. Nice. Hero of men, Cameron Ward. Yeah, did he did he did he gack this game away for you, Washington State? Yes. I'm not gonna there, lie, he did. Is there a term for that? Like, if there'd be a term like <laughs> that you could this this I don't is know, the play off of like maybe the mascot or something. The like, most cooging it they could possibly cook it. This was so bad. And the thing is, they had no business, no business being up by 12 in this game. But all they had to do was just kind of like get a couple of first downs at some point, and they couldn't do it. Man, um, yeah, Washington State didn't trail until a minute 21 left in the game. Like, think about that. And then they were, like, not covering at some point. Uh, that's just that's but, but But I do want to reiterate, Oregon was the far better team in this yes. game. And they should have, like, I was looking at the Connolly numbers again. 98% of the time with the underlying stats, they win this game. Washington State had no business being in the position they were in. And it was almost like it regressed to the mean over the last four, uh, over the last 15 minutes of the game. But just devastating if you're a Washington State fan, because you had a game that you had no business winning in the bag. If you could just get a couple of first downs. Man. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
I think I wanted to see Washington State's offense be better this season. Um, I mean, there's there's a you know there's a long way to go. I think it's just they're going to be one of those teams that they put it together one week and look really good, and then they cook it another week. And uh, you know, whatever for good fortune, the fact that you were up by twelve on the Ducks when you you know were getting outplayed uh, and still weren't able to hold on to the lead. Uh, where are you? Where are you with, with, with Oregon? Um, feel a little better. I think you know you're getting you know some of this to come together. I still don't think it's a, a great team, but I think they can do some stuff. You know, I think they can do some damage. Same thing. I think they're they're one of those good middle of the road Pac-12 teams that can probably beat everybody and lose to anyone that's not in our bottom three. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which I think a lot of the Pac-12 is going to be like that. Like. Are you losing to Stanford? Probably not, you know, but could you beat Utah or USC? Like, yeah, I think you could do all those things. So, and we'll get yep. an opportunity to see some of that stuff. All right, we got one last game to recap. Our number four team. The Oregon State Beavers. <laughs> they were hosting the number one team. The USC Trojans. Um, so this one, much more than the Washington State game, was even like very evenly played. I don't think Oregon state should walk away from this feeling anything other than you're one of the top teams in the league. Um, and USC, I, I, it pains me. It physically pains me to say this, but you learned a lot more about your team in a positive way from this game than you did from the, you know, beating a staple food in week one. Um, to, so Caleb Williams played really poorly. Um, he just he, he looked out of sorts. I think Oregon State was doing a lot of fun and interesting and new stuff defensively. He looked confused, um, didn't really know where to throw the ball. When he did throw the ball, it was often ill-timed. He was throwing at the feet of guys. He was dirting the ball to his running backs. Like, just he didn't look good. Um, and they still were able to pull this out. Um, they were still able to, you know, score the go-ahead points late. They were still able to convert on that, you know, Brett Nealon push. Um, there was, you know, there was a lot of like that, um, you know, you, you need to be able to win games like this um, if you're going to um, compete for the conference championship, but also a playoff. Um, it's very few teams that can actually go through and just dominate game after game after game. Um, and to come back for Caleb Williams to come back from playing a really bad game and then make that throw he did to, I think it was Jordan Addison for the touchdown. Uh, that was just really impressive stuff. Um, and I think you got to give him a lot of credit for that. Um, on Oregon state side, I mean, I think you could, you could make an argument. They got a little unlucky with the interceptions, uh, chance Nolan threw four. Um, I think. I think USC only got their hands on like five or six balls in this entire game. So that's a much higher interception rate than you'd expect. Um, but he didn't play great. I mean, Chance Nolan, he was taking some shots that he probably shouldn't have. Um, Oregon State absolutely could have won the game, um, but it wasn't like they were, you know, blowing USC away and it was a lucky thing. I think both teams were relatively even. Um, and I think that's a credit to Oregon State's coaching staff because the talent certainly isn't. Um, but I think for USC to pull this out in the end, I mean, Travis Dye was incredible. Um, I, I still don't really understand, and I'm not trying to knock CJ Verdell. I, I've never really understood the argument for Verdell over Dye when they were at Oregon together. Um, Dye was always the better on like a per carry basis. And, you know, the comparative vision of those two guys has always been 
kind of stark um, in terms of the difference for me. Um, but anyway, I, I came away really impressed with both teams, honestly. And for both teams to step up in a defensive way in this sort of game where everyone is expecting it to be a shootout um, speaks to, I think, pretty darn good coaching on both sides. Yeah, no, I thought it was, it was you know, pretty well played. It was uh, on the Oregon State side. Um, I mean, it's been tough for Jonathan Smith in these close games. He's now four and seven in three games decided by three points or less. Uh, the spread here was six and a half. You picked Oregon State. I had USC. Uh, I mean, Oregon State was in control most of the game. So there wasn't, uh, you know, USC could have maybe got a, a backdoor cover or something. But this was a slugfest in which no one expected, you know, like a, you know, USC had scored touchdowns on their opening drive in every game. And not just that, their opening three drives at least, they've scored touchdowns. And then they didn't score a touchdown on this one until the fourth quarter. Caleb Williams looked a lot more mortal, but Travis Dye was really, um, you know, handling the load. I thought they could have run the football more. Um, should have. They, they should have run the football more. Oregon State, there was, um, they got some chunk plays, but USC had been giving up like a, a higher percentage of like kind of busts, like chunk plays. And Oregon State got some, but just not that many. And USC forced turnovers, but also got stops, more stops than they had got in other games. So, it's just weird sometimes, like a college football game, you can like, you know, you go into it and you're like, this one's going to be defensive for some reason. And it just, it just is. And this was more of a defensive game. Uh, you know, there weren't like big returns. There weren't, there weren't, you know, it just was mostly like, what can your defense do? And I thought Oregon State's defense did a really good job of rushing um, Caleb Williams, uh, you know, forcing him into bad decisions or take off, you know, running when he couldn't. Williams was, you know, he had 20 incompletions. He was 16 of 36, but man, he saved USC's offense by using his legs and, and picking up first downs or avoiding sacks, you know, and so the field position was so important. And even when they would have to punt and go three and out, he usually was picking up some yards with his legs and, and not, you know, get you backed up. So, uh, but Oregon State really scored like one real touchdown and then they got a touchdown when USC was backed up at their own, you know, two or something had to punt from their end zone and they got, you know, Oregon State got the ball at the 22. And, but there weren't like these long drives that you just like grind at the clock and turn it into points. Um, and, you know, Nolan, you know, certainly could have played better. Uh, I think he got rushed sometimes and threw balls that were getting tipped and, and USC is just doing a really good job picking them off. I think the the stat for the year, David, is, USC's force of turnover on 33% of the drives that they faced on defense. Um, it seems pretty crazy, but uh, they're, they're doing it. I mean, they do it every week, you know, and so I don't know if you can keep doing it, but they haven't turned the ball over once and they turned it over 14 times. So it's, it's kind of crazy. They needed all of them, all four turnovers in this one to beat the Beavers who, as we know, that seven game winning streak. The only thing, you know, Utah goes into Oregon state last year when Utah was good. This wasn't early season. This was Cam Rising, Utah, when they were beating the hell out of everyone, and they lost in Corvallis. Um, and it was a weird environment too, like half a stadium, but it was still really loud down there. It was it was pretty. Uh, it was it was it was pretty chippy, feisty. There was some so a lot of talking between the players and the and the fans and stuff. Uh, it was it was a d- weird environment, but you know I, I think Oregon State's still going to be good. And I, like I said, I think they played a pretty close game here on both sides. Yep. 
Uh, all right, well, that's going to wrap things up. Um, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back in a minute. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nice break music, David. Love it. Did you um, like it? Yeah, that's pretty good. So let's uh, do our picks for week five, and then we'll get into questions. I know we want to get out of here, um, so we'll try to get through these. Uh, first up, this is our Friday game. We got number 15. Or we'll just we'll just do that thing. We don't need to do the sounds again. Number fifteen, Washington at UCLA. This is seven thirty on ESPN. Both teams four and O taking each other on in the Rose Bowl. Washington is a three point favorite as of time of recording. It opened, I think, at minus two and a half, went all the way to three and a half, then walked back down to three. We'll see. Um, I think it's too low. So here's the way I read this game. Both offenses are really good. I think that's fair. I think Washington's is really good. I think UCLA's is really good. One of these defenses, though, is a pretender. And I think it's UCLA's. Um, I've watched that secondary a little bit too closely this year, and I am extremely nervous about what Washington's receiving core is going to do against it. Uh, the defensive front is down literally their top three defensive tackles. Um, they only play two of them, so it's down not only the two starters, but also the primary backup. Um, they're playing a former walk-on starting at defensive tackle for UCLA. So, all that being said, give me Washington. I think they win this by two scores. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Washington, too. Too much offense. Michael Penix has been great. Penix. Uh, okay, people are getting mad at you for that. So I'm I don't gonna... care. I don't um, care. I, I don't. You know what? He's got a, you know, it's. I think it's frankly moral cowardice to not pronounce your name Phoenix. I think it's moral cowardice for Kofi Cockburn not to pronounce his name Kofi Cockburn. Okay. Yeah. We all know the English language. We all know the things these. So all right, like it's it, it, it's no skin off, you know, whatever. It's it's a great name. It's a wonderful name, and it creates a lot of good puns. So at least you didn't say there's no. It's no foreskin off already. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and right. I, was, I was like debating like other like I'm like, could I say he's ripping balls all over? And I'm like, no, no, the I can't. Actually, I mean, they, they're doing T-shirts like 
Big, yeah. Or, yeah, I ordered big, one. Big, big Phoenix Energy. Yeah. <laughs> so like you can get mad at Dave, but I think people are actually embracing this as well. So uh, they're, they're embracing some, the Phoenix. They're gonna make some NIL money off of this. Absolutely. So good, good for him. Yeah, yeah. Too much offense. UCLA, I think, is going to lose their first game. Uh, but undefeated teams, right? Both uh, both teams have so lost. So true. So true. Uh, both really good out of conference records too, right? Like, is that I haven't gone back and looked, but both teams have played a lot of good teams so far. Yeah, yeah, no, they've played a lot of really top teams. Um, yeah, I, 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 we know a lot about these teams already. Like, they're four and zero, and they are true four and zero. It is pretty like, funny though. Like, both have cupcake out of conference schedules, and then both played like cellar dwellers in the Pac-12. So, yep. Uh, yeah. So, which is probably why the line is where it is. And this is one of the, you can take advantage of because we watch and we're like, yeah, UCLA is not going to be close in this one, which of course probably means that Chip Kelly is going to. Yeah. The Bruins will win. Yeah. Uh, let's go Oregon state at number 12, Utah. This is uh, in the UCLA time slot. I like to call it 11 AM uh, on the PAC 12 network, uh, Oregon state going at number 12, Utah in Salt Lake city. Wait, they're Utah. putting this one on the Pac-12 network too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Utah is favored by ten points. Um, I have a tough time with this one. So Oregon State, I thought was really competitive against USC at home. Um, Utah, though, has seemed to get right in recent weeks. And at Salt Lake City, I mean, I, I still can't get over Oregon State's road home splits from years past. I think I'm taking Utah minus 10. Wow. I know. I don't feel good about it because Oregon State is a very well-coached team. But um, I think Utah, for one example, I think they're a cut above what Fresno State was. And Oregon State was like neck and neck with Fresno State. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'll, I'm semi-comfortable with it. I'll take Utah minus 10. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep some faith in my beeves. Um, you didn't have it last week. No, I didn't. But that's yeah. just because like I was gonna be picking USC to cover all the spreads uh-huh. until they until they didn't cover because that was just sort of my thing. Like I used to pick up the not cover spreads before. Um, I've not been good picking Utah this year. Like I picked them to cover against Florida, they lost. Um, picked them. We picked both picked Southern Utah with 45 and a half points, and it was 73 to three. San Diego <laughs> State, I was on board to 21 points. We both got that one right, but we both were with ASU last week. Um, but I, you know, so I feel like my streak with Utah's got to end. I just feel like this is going to be a close one with OSU. You know, uh, ten points is a lot. If it was like a touchdown or less, I would pick the Utes. But two scores like this, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Beavs and. They play well on the road, right? Is that the thing? Is that what they did from last year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So I'm making. Why am I doing this? Well, and, and there is a little bit of news. I believe Brant Keithy is out for the year. Yeah. But he's not a big part of Utah's offense <laughs> or anything, right? So I'm yeah, feeling I'm feeling less good about my pick, but I'm sticking with it. I'm going the same thing. Like I felt like less good talking to you picking Cal last week, but I felt, still was like, you know what? This is my guts telling me Cal. I'm gonna. My gut's telling me OSU, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with the beefs. All right. Uh, let's go. Next up, we have California at 
Washington State. 2.30 p.m. on the Pac-12 network, which feels like it's very much the Cal time slot at this point. Um, both teams 3-1 and one going going after each other in Pullman. Uh, Washington State's a four-point favorite. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I have no feel for this game. Like, I know Cal uh, looked good against Arizona. I know Washington State kind of rolled over like dogs against Oregon. Um, but it is at Pullman. Damn, I don't know. Um, do you want me to tell you who I'm going to go with? And I'm going Cal. Going Cal. Okay. Uh, I am going Cal, too. Um, just because it's like I don't have a great feel either. Uh, the offenses look pretty good. And if it was, you know, more than a field goal for points, I'd rather just take the points because I don't feel great about it. Like, is the home field advantage going to be – that big of a deal. Now, you know, Cal at home, man, they love playing in front of the the tightwads up at Tightwad Hill that don't spend any money on tickets. But I feel like, yeah, uh, I'm going to roll. Cal's been good with me. I'm going to roll with Cal. Um, I think it could be a close game, but, you know, Washington State wins by a field goal and you're still covering. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be close. So give me the points and Cal. All right. Colorado at... Arizona. 6.30 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. Colorado taking on Arizona. Arizona. All right, so this might challenge. This might challenge us because Arizona is a 17.5-point favorite over Colorado. Yeah. Easy. (laughs) Obviously Arizona. But (laughs) this this does challenge me a little bit. Like, it does a little bit. I will say that. But I'm taking Arizona, no question. You you saw Colorado, right? Like you've seen yeah. play the football. No, I honestly I take Arizona and I would probably take Arizona up to and including twenty eight points. Um but this is it, it hit the point total where I'm n I don't feel great about it. I should say that. Um Arizona's significantly better than Colorado. It's at home. Um they can score points. Stuff that you know stuff that Colorado doesn't really excel at. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, they got <laughs> athletes. Like, yeah, <laughs> they don't look like a high school team. Yeah, this is not. I mean, to have a Colorado <laughs> spread, like, if I'm Vegas, I'm throwing it up in the 24 range <laughs> just for just a try. Like, <laughs> See if you can capture them. See if you can bring them back down to earth. Yeah. So, all right, Colorado's not just 0-4 so far, everyone. I, I need to keep reiterating this. They're 0-4 against the spread. They have lost to the spread this year by 46 combined points. Okay? Every game they've lost by at least 25. Yes. Uh, the spread is UCLA, less than 25. And the UCLA game required some junk time stuff to not make it a double-digit loss to the spread again. They only lost by six to the spread against UCLA. Okay. So, uh, Going into this one, you have to expect Colorado is more than likely going to lose by 30 to Arizona. Yeah. Uh, okay. So do your, you know, my bookie, you know, promo code PAC-12, put yep. all of your money <laughs> on this one. Yeah. No, sell off some points, too. Like, take Arizona minus 24. It'll probably work fine. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up, we have. Arizona State at number six, USC. 
This is on 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Arizona State traveling to the Coliseum to take on number six USC. Arizona State is one and three. Their one win is over Northern Arizona. Uh, they lost to Eastern Michigan. They got blown out by Utah. Uh, USC has uh, survived a test, but otherwise has been untested. Uh, they've blown out everybody. USC is favored by 25 points. Um, I'm going to think about it for one second, and then I'm going to take USC by 25. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of points. Um, right? 25. Is it? Is it? Is it? This is, to me, USC scored a bunch, um, except for the last game. I think they're going to get home. It's a night game. It'll be a get-right game. I think they're, they're, you know, if you were thinking about, like, holding so, anything back. One thing, one thing I want to say. Yeah. Rice has turned out to not be horrible. Okay. No, they're okay. Yeah. And USC beat them by 52 points. <laughs> the inverse of what the spread is in this game. Yes. Uh, yeah. I feel like this is a get right game that USC is going to come out. And because they only scored 17 last week, you're going to want, like, Lincoln Riley wants the offense to go. So even if Arizona State's like, you know, a dead horse, like, it is st- still probably get beaten a little bit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm going to take USC and, and sleep pretty well Yeah. Uh, on that one. The last one, we've got Stanford at number 13, Oregon. 8 p.m. on FS1, Stanford at number 13, Oregon. Um, the line is Oregon minus 17. All logic dictates just hammer the ducks here. Like, just hammer. <laughs> but I cannot shake that Stanford somehow beat Oregon last year. How did yeah. that happen? Do we remember? Yeah, their offensive coordinator was out. It was like <laughs> COVID or something. No, it was I, like I, I can't I can't just pick based off like ruminations and like history. So give me Oregon. But man, I, you could never be surprised about some weird outcome with a Stanford game against a ranked opponent. Yeah. Uh, well, we agree on five of the six. The only one is the the weird Oregon State Utah one where we're kind of like, eh. so like uh, the 11 a.m. Pac-12 game is going to decide our fate this week. <laughs> but either way, like um, I feel I I do feel better. Like I feel like we're in a good place. Like we're pretty much on like what we think is going to happen. We're we're doing pretty good. So um, I like where our picks have been going. Having having three like absolute dog shit teams in the league helps. Like you, you generally know the outcome of three games, right? Now we've been pretty bad about Arizona state, but we've nailed Colorado and Stanford. Yeah. Well, and now yeah. I think, I think we finally have a beat on Arizona state. Yes. Um, okay. So let's get to some questions. Let's um, do it. I don't know if this, this long one from Jay in New York, uh, it's like telling you how to watch Pac-12 network. Yeah, no, uh, we're not doing that. Okay. It's a good, good email, though, Jay. Um, Thanks, this is from Devin. Buy or sell Utah defense? Hi, guys. Since the embarrassing week one defensive performance when they missed 27 tackles against Florida, the Utah defense has given up the following. 85 total yards, 43 rushing, 42 passing, and 7 points to Southern Utah. 173 yards, 113 rushing, 60 passing, and 7 points to San Diego State. 267 total yards, 6 rushing, 261 passing, and 13 points to Arizona State. 
Are you buying Utah's defense, or do you think this is more a product of inferior competition? Thanks, Devin. I buy it. Yeah, um, I, I do think there is some inferior competition going on. San Diego State doesn't have an offense. Southern Utah is a bad use FCS. And Arizona State is horrible. But still, holding anybody to 27 points over three games is pretty good. Yeah, like I mentioned during the, the rundown, you know, three three touchdowns over the three games. Let's see what happens in, uh, you know, the Pac-12 schedule. You got Oregon State coming in, you know, are they going to be able to bounce back or are they going to be hungover from the USC game? Uh, going to Oregon at some point, you know, obviously going to play USC. You know, they're, they're going to face some better offenses and, um, you know, we'll see where they go from there. But, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm still, like, optimistic on the Utah defense, but I don't think I know enough yet. We'll see kind of where they go. Um, Peter, this is about uh, his – the subject is just Penix. Um, I think, he, you know, it's Penix, but for what he's Penix. saying – Dave's insistence to mispronounce Michael Penix's name. Michael Penix's to, name. To rhyme with penis is sexist. Penis? Penis, right? <laughs> to rhyme with penis is sexist, childish, and disrespectful, and getting extremely old. Please stop. All right, I'm going to take this in the order, in reverse order. Please okay. stop. No. Under, under no circumstances. <laughs> and in some ways, I wish I could. I, I do. I do admit that getting extremely old, almost no doubt of this. OK, I understand that. Look, one of my problems as a human being is a commitment to a bit long, long past its sell by date. And this one is going to continue. And I, I can't I I can't tell you when it'll end. OK, hopefully when he graduates. But we're still making Jake Browning jokes. OK, so who knows? <laughs> Disrespectful. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, but I, I have a long. I don't know about that. Since they're embracing it, since they're, you know, if his camp is going to be selling shirts or whatever, I sure, what, sure, sure. Um, I would say like I, I name name joking is one of my longtime hobbies. I like making fun of people's names. Um, so that is disrespectful. You're you're no you're 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 totally correct, Peter. Childish, certainly, certainly childish, very much so. It's a it's a dick joke that I'm making constantly over and over again. <laughs> Sexist, though. This is the one I'm having trouble unpacking. How is it sexist? Like in a very clinical sense, because I am describing a part that, you know, men have. Is that what this is? Is that why it's sexist? Help me out here. I don't know the sexist part. I don't get that one. Um, But anyway, uh, the man's name is Michael Penix, Peter. That's the reality. Okay. Something we have to deal with altogether. All right. Uh, this is from Frank in Sacramento. Musical chairs. Can you guys think of a really high-profile football program head coach who changed jobs after the 2021 season and has gone undefeated? I know that Clay Helton has one loss for sure. Um, I think he's talking about Lincoln Riley. Is this like a Lincoln Riley thing? Yeah, I think okay. it's also a Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer's undefeated. Um, Chip Kelly didn't switch jobs, but he's also undefeated. Just so everyone realized. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you for reminding me of that. I mean, undefeated Chip Kelly, like. Yeah, I mean, good thing that extension came in when it did. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Frank, this know. was a question, so this was an improvement over the typical email. However, it's uh, it's a pretty obvious rhetorical question that doesn't have um, doesn't have a lot of meat behind it. 
Yeah. We do appreciate you, Frank, as always. Fred, you know where he is? Where? He's in Sarasota. Fred okay. Sarasota says, another name for a coach. Uh, you were not impressed with me calling Oregon State coach Jonathan Smith, not Njigma. How about this one for the Oklahoma coach, burnt vegetables? I like that one. See, now, now you're playing my game, Fred, uh, Frank, Fred, uh, which is, uh, you know, that one's a little bit funny. And it, uh, and it kind of plays with both of his names, you know, Brent and, uh, and Venables, burnt vegetables. Love it. I'm going to call him yeah. that. We, we don't talk about Oklahoma much since they're not in the Pac-12, but sure. Yeah. No, he got his vegetables burnt this week, too. Did I did that? He, he, he did. I, you know, I don't get, like, some of my writers will get in, involved with, like, Oklahoma uh, fans, you know, and, like, I've blocked a bunch. I just don't want to, like, I don't care if I write about, like, some practice story and someone from Oklahoma wants to comment on it. Like, I just, like, I zero interest in it. I don't want to engage with anyone. I don't care. I'll just, like, usually block them. But apparently there's less, um, it's like, if you're Oklahoma, you hired the best, you know, one of the best coordinators in the country over the last decade in, in Brett Venables, and you're still worried about your old coach? Like, I, that didn't make much sense to me. So now they can kind of worry about their own stuff, and hopefully they'll leave the USC thing behind. Right. All right. It's just me or you? No, uh, you, I think. This is me. Uh, this is from Ernesto. Stanford butt. Ryan and Dave, did Stanford do the mesh just for USC? Because they went back to playing butt offense against Washington. Do you think the mesh would have helped them out or at least kept the game closer? Keep up the great work, Ernesto. I'm still not completely certain they ditched it entirely for Washington. I think it just looked horrible. Um, yeah. I think their their offense just looked horrible and it never got off the ground. Um, and I think, I mean, <laughs> again, Washington, uh, Stanford's offense is so slow and, and, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Shitty. Shitty. Um, <laughs> that uh, watching it, you're struck by how slow it is anyway. Um, and Washington getting eight sacks leads me to believe that there was a little bit of um, slow meshing going on. Um, I don't know. No, I, I don't think the mesh would help them. Um, I think it was a novelty thing that they displayed for the first time against USC. Um, it's It reminds me very much of the new Heisel pistol uh, UCLA, which also didn't 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 keep anyone's job. So I mean, like when the Wildcat would first come out, like it works in the beginning, and I'm you know I'm curious to see if it if it was the whole surprise element of it because it's sort of like if you were going to copy like Dave and I start coaching a team and or whatever it is. That, I mean that's not a good example, but you're, if you're just like oh this week we're going to run a triple option and you could probably make something that looked like a triple option. And if nobody knew you were going to run the triple option, like it might even be somewhat effective because no one prepared for this offense. And even if you're just running it as a, as a, at a vanilla level, I mean, Dave Clawson's a, you know, brilliant football mind. He's worked. I mean, there's a reason that no other teams run it. Right. And I know Stanford looks at it and goes, Oh, they're slow in the name. We should run this, which does make sense. It, you know, it's on brand. And it looked to me, it looked like pretty competent, you know, but it might be one of those things where now everyone knows that. What do you do? Like, what's the basic way to stop a slow mesh and you can stop it? You know, if, this is just like my theory or whatever, versus if you're if you're Wake Forest, you're, you're already thought three levels ahead, you know, three moves ahead. So if someone does this, then we counter with that. 
did Stanford was Stanford able to install all that and get it down in an offseason when they didn't even use it in the first game because they were hiding it? I, I don't know. Um, it might just look slow, like Dave was saying. So I'll I'll try to get more intel on that. Exactly sort of what's going on. I think RJ can kind of, you know, be the, the boots on the ground for that. I, you know, I'll ask around, you know, our, our buddy Jackson Moore maybe too. But that's sort of my theory, Ernesto, is more of that's it was cool like when it was a brand new thing and you didn't know it was coming. Now you know it's coming. Do you really are, are you running it at you're not running at the level that Wake Forest does, right? Like you just because you just installed it, you know. Um, and to our knowledge, they didn't go to you know Dave Clawson and his team and like pick their brain. It was more of like watching film and like this is what they do, which you know you're it's like you're copying a a mimeograph copy with a, you know, like it's just, it's just not, it's not going to be the same. Just my yep. opinion. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Chase wrote in about O and 12 history. We love O and 12 history. So this is going to be a great email. Hey guys, looking for some guidance as a Colorado fan. Oh, if Colorado fires, fires Carl after they lose by 30 this weekend, are we still rooting for O and 12 or do we switch to rooting for some kind of bounce back? that emphasizes just how bad he was, further cementing his place as one of the worst coaching hires in college football history. I love this question because... It's such a good question. Because if you put a gun to Dave's head and said, you know, live or Colorado 0-12, you know, you're like, you're, you know, you're like, it's like, no, I want the Colorado 0-12. So pull the trigger. That, I feel like that's like, you would really consider that. But in this case... Would you rather know that they brought in like some sea monkeys to coach the team and they won three, four games and you could say, holy cow, was Carl Durrell that bad? So I think so as a this Colorado is Sophie's fan, choice for you. This is super Chase, Sophie's Chase, choice. As a Colorado fan, I think in the situation, the unlikely situation where they fired Durrell, because why would you fire that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the situation where they fire Carl Durrell, uh, I think – Take a wait-and-see approach. Here's the problem, Chase, is that I think this game coming this weekend might be one of the like few opportunities for Colorado to actually win a game, even if you did replace the coaching staff and got somebody in there to inspire. I guess, okay, here's my plan for you. Say they fire him after Arizona. Go into the Cal game the next week with some hope, okay? Go in there and think, okay, we can maybe do this. If you get blown off the field by Cal by Cal at home, right? And by blowing off the field, I mean not winning the game and also not covering, then go right back to rooting for 0-12 because that'll still be, it's like, um, it's a cleansing fire, right? 0-12, it cleanses your program. Washington couldn't have made the playoff in 2016 if they hadn't gone 0-12 in 2008, okay? You need this. Take it. Okay. All right? Um, We know where you stand. It's a cleansing fire. All right. Um, this it's good is effort, text- Chase. Good effort. I, I, I saw where you were going with it, but yeah. It's a good question. Uh, this is a text message. Hey, guys. Which stat is more impressive in the Utah versus ASU game? 2022 ASU total team rushing yards six or 2019 ASU total passing yards 26? Ooh. So here's what I'll say. The passing yards are always going to be more impressive. And the reason is 26 passing yards, if you're looking at a stat sheet, a basic stat sheet, 
that doesn't include the sacks, whereas the rushing yards are um, impacted by your passing stats, meaning yeah. when you sack the quarterback a bunch, you get negative rushing yards. Um, so to only accumulate 26 passing yards is by far more impressive to me. Yeah, if it was like six, like adjusted, you know, t- for sacks, that would be pretty impressive, you know. Um, yeah. I want if it's going to be low, I want it to be like zero, you know, or like two. Not that six is much better, but um, 26 passing yards is still like, yeah, because you know you're going to throw the ball more, you get more passing yards and rushing yards in most cases and stuff. So, yeah. um, let's go, Paul. He's our webfoot friend, undefeated but unranked. Hello, champions. Just a quick observation. There are three unranked, undefeated Power 5 schools. What do they have in common? They are all basketball schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it UCLA? Kansas. Kansas. And it's not Duke anymore. It's... Uh, Who? Who's the other one? I don't know. I guess we can see. Who are the undefeated teams in college football right now? Look it up. Let's see. Um, ESPN was ranking the Syracuse. Syracuse. Yeah, they finally needed some. Yeah, Syracuse is up there. Their their SP plus is 59th. Um, yeah, it'll be. They, old, beat, they beat Virginia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was the Duke? You know, Duke one. Um, yeah. So, are, are you including UCLA in there? Are they a basketball school? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. You want to try to like peruse this voicemail? Uh, let's see. It's Perk. I see huge anus. Oh, he's congratulating me for my five minutes on huge anus last week. And did you guys kiss and make up over email, like off? Over a here? little bit. A little bit. He 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 was he was he was he was conciliatory. Um. All right. He's wondering about our confidence level in Oregon uh, now that we're a few weeks removed from getting uh, just smashed by Georgia. Um, I don't know. Where are you on this? Um, We still have them fifth, so we're not like sold on them. Yeah. I mean, you give them credit for beating Washington State, but there was a lot of cooging. yeah, I'm still like I feel like they're on the they're in the middle tier and the upper at you know upper side of it, um, but there, there's not a lot of difference between like three, four, five, six. I mean I don't know. I mean even the the top two we're not sure. Um, so yeah, I, I you know I I feel decent about both Utah and Oregon bouncing back from those early season SEC losses. Um, but, you know, I love the fact that you got four Pac-12 teams ranked in the top 15. People are willing to, you know, see Oregon be good. I think the defense has played better. But, yeah, it's kind of, I'm still a little wait and see on this. You know, we'll see where. Uh, yeah, and it, it, unless they do something disastrous, we're not going to see anything until maybe UCLA at home in October. Um, but other than that, it's like they shouldn't lose to Stanford, Arizona, Cal, or Colorado. That's four of the next five games. Um, and then 
it's Washington. You know, that's going to be a huge game, obviously. And then it's Utah back to back. Both of those at home, but back to back games that are going to tell the tale in a huge way for Oregon. And those yeah. are both in November. Um, do you want to do this last one or should I? Oh, uh, I'll do this one. Okay. Ryan Abraham, All American? This is from Jamie. My wife and I have been watching All American on Netflix and midway through the fourth season, episode nine to be exact, who shows up on my TV? That's right, one Ryan Abraham playing beach volleyball against the main characters. Apologies if you've talked about this before on the pod and I missed it. If you have, the, if you have feel free to skip this email. Actually, who am I kidding? You won't read this before the show, so it's too late for that. Right you are, Jamie. Since you, since you, <laughs> yes, Ryan did appear on this show, uh, and we did talk about it. Since each email needs a question, here are two. One, did you make more money off All-American or this podcast? <laughs> uh, All-American. <laughs> well, the, to be to be to be honest, yes, you get paid um, as a it's, you're like an extra basically. The the day I played volleyball, you get paid a little bit more because you're an extra with like a special skill because you needed to be a like a volleyball player. So like if you were like, they hey, we need a tennis player, and you just weren't like some Instagram model that was just looking good in a tennis skirt, but you actually played tennis, they'd give you a little more money. Than if you were just how do you look in a tennis skirt i don't know i haven't tried one lately um Can you pull it off you think i think i could i got I got, I got some good stems you know like the you know i play a lot of volleyball so my legs look pretty good dave so yeah do you uh, but, yeah do you keep them do you keep them smooth <laughs> no i don't keep them smooth. okay for the tennis skirt maybe uh but per per episode definitely the all-american paid better but i think would over you, the life would of the you podcast shave the legs if, if that was a request so you could appear on tv would you shave your legs to to appear on tv yeah uh probably but like, like, okay so say the request was you're going to be an extra uh in this show you're going to wear a tennis skirt and you got to shave your legs are you going to do it so it's like i'm a dude wearing a tennis skirt uh-huh with shaved legs. Yeah. Are you, yeah. Are you doing it? Sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, why not? That's how you spend most Sundays anyway. <laughs> right. That's true. Okay. And then, oh, uh, more cameos um, of either of us. Oh, Dave, we could get Dave on there. That'd be great. Can we expect to see more cameos of either of you on the show? I, I was on, like, I came back a different day to do, like, a beach party thing, but I don't think they would have me back because it was, like, that was a very specific thing. Like, Were you uh, doing a beach blanket bingo? No, it was, we were actually in a studio in Burbank, but you're, like, it looks like a beach house. Um, like, you're in a beach house, but whatever. But the the volleyball was actually on a beach. It Was, a was it the studio where they filmed beach blanket bingo? It could be like they use those studios like, you know, over and over and over again. I don't know. I don't know. Did they, they have did they have posters of Frankie Avalon, Buster Keaton? There, there are posters of like all those. If you've ever gone on a studio tour or anything, you see the posters of like, oh, you know, like Grit used to be filmed here or something like old, the old shows. like Yeah. yeah. Or Beach Blanket like Bingo. Or Beach Blanket Bingo. We'll have to find out where they filmed that one. So, yeah, we'll have to find out. Uh, I'm going to look up the production notes actually right now. Beach it doesn't it doesn't tell us where it was filmed beach blanket bingo Ooh. uh but thanks jamie but i will yeah, tell you part the part of sugar cane played by linda evans was intended for nancy sinatra oh 
There you go. Love it. Um, well, we should wrap things up, I think. Oh, you mean the point at which I'm just uh, looking at the Wikipedia page for Beach Blanket Bingo is the time where we should wrap this thing up? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I thought, okay, uh, I thought there was some some good humor, though, throughout this show. Uh, some funny times. Some good like, laughs. I can tell when I make you, like, different laugh. Like, there's, like, the show laugh, and there's, like, the Dave's really laughing laugh kind of thing. Yeah. Like, Cause, and we don't like, obviously we could plan bits and jokes like our bits that work when we're working together are completely just, just no, there's no planning that goes into this show. No, but like sometimes we do a bit or whatever, or like one of us will start a bit and the other one will jump in and you're like, oh, they had planned that. Like, nope. We just sort of like, oh, I know where Dave's going with this. Let's just go <laughs> along with it or whatever, you know, like that's kind of what the magic is where the, the bits the are just like organic, like. Like Forget. off the cuff, didn't think about it ahead of time. Like that's where, you know, so if you're laughing, it was all just impromptu stuff. That's uh, our bits are a hundred percent organic. Yeah. Or maybe we should do a podcast called organic bits. Organic <laughs> bits. Yes. We can get Michael Phoenix on that one. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Enjoy. Uh, we got Friday night football in the Pac-12. So enjoy that. Uh, six more Pac-12 games for week five. Have a fun time watching all the Pac-12 football. We'll be looking forward to coming back next week and talking to you about everything we saw and then looking forward to week six. So for David Woods, I and Ryan Abraham, thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.